All right, everyone, welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz, and I'm really excited to wrap up this interview series. Uh, I've taken the time and so have these generous women to come on here and be interviewed, all members of Master Shopkeepers. And last but not least is Kathy of Pineapple on Main. Um, just like April, I, feel, I think Kathy has been um, with Savvy Shopkeeper, part of Savvy Shopkeepers, I'm part of Master Shopkeepers since it launched. I called uh, April a founding member and she laughed, but you are. You're, you're both founding members and you've been with me this whole time and I appreciate it. So I just want to say welcome to Kathy first. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. I love it. Love all of this. <laughs> and you're one of the people, and I love it, that has asked me for a while now to do interviews. So when I asked for volunteers to come on and speak to me, I was excited that you offered because I thought, good, because you're the one that's always pushing me to do this. <laughs> and I just joked with you that I think people are going to appreciate listening to other people other than just me. But I, I also feel like everyone's going to appreciate listening to other people's journeys. So that leads me to my first question, which I've asked everyone else. Tell me what your journey has been into shopkeeping and then, you know, what it's turned into since you opened your store. Well, it's crazy because <laughs> if I think about where I am today compared to where I thought I could be five years ago, I never would have believed this. So it's, uh, this is fun. This is always a fun question because I love looking back at all of this. So I was, um, originally a high school English teacher and my kids were really young and it just didn't work. So I went on to like a part-time sales position at a big box retailer and very quickly, you know, climbed that corporate ladder and was just dipping my feet in the district manager position and overseeing some stores and a lot of employees and opening up stores and things like that. And I just really loved the whole retail world you know, just making people happy. And so the company grew. It wasn't as exciting or fun anymore for several reasons, but I decided to start something on my own. So my manager at the time, and I am an assistant manager of mine at the time, and I decided to start an interior design business. So we went to Temple University and got, you know, certified for that. And collaborated with an event planner and voila, we became event stylists. So we all went into this beautiful space in Philadelphia and became an event management destination. And a year after that, everyone just kind of went their separate ways. And we were there, my business partner, Taryn at the time, and I were there and just stood looking at this big empty space, wondering what we were going to do with it. So in the meantime, we were doing design jobs locally, but there was nowhere to shop for home goods. So we were like, well, why don't we start bringing some stuff in on our own? And our first order was $500. And I didn't sleep for two weeks after that because I was like, how am I ever going to sell this product? It was all the money we had, honestly. And we were very nervous and we decided to quickly brand something, you know, a little home decor shop with a $500 order of blankets and pillows. And it just over time has transitioned into this beautiful store of home gift and baby items. It's crazy. I have to ask quickly. So the space that you were in was your, and we'll talk about this in a little bit too, but it was your original location in, in Philly. 
it was the pineapple on main original location and that's where the design space was and then it became the retail store yes <laughs> it's just so there's like so much evolving along the way there's so much to tell okay so when like did you come up with the pineapple on main name and brand was that when you were turning into a retail store no actually when we did the event management i when we were doing our interior design jobs, we would always leave a pineapple in someone's home because it's the symbol of hospitality. And when we were trying to decide a name of the space, we wanted to keep pineapple in there because we wanted everyone to feel welcome. We also held events in there. So we wanted everyone to just feel welcome to come in and build friendships, you know, all that. So we kept pineapple and we came up with so many different names with it and just none of it made sense. It was the sequin pineapple, the confetti pineapple. And I'm like, no one's going to understand what this is. And I was sitting on the floor looking outside and I'm like, we're on Maine. So pineapple on Maine. And like that, everyone was like, love it. So it stuck. It just stuck right then and there. And, and I will say for sure, and, and you joke about this too, that everyone associates pineapples with you. I even do it. So if I'm on Instagram and I see something really cute that's a pineapple, I'm DMing it to you. Love or it. I text you with a picture of a new product or something that I see, or when I'm at market and I'm in, in Atlanta, I've done that too. I'm like, oh, pineapples, send it to Kathy. So I love that you are completely associated with your brand. So, all right, we're moving forward now. How long was your original location open as Pineapple on Main? The retail store, it was four yeah. years. Four, four years. years. Okay. And then what happens next? Tell me a little bit about that. So I, a little bit about um, my business partner at the time and I decided to dissolve the partnership. So she moved on and then I wasn't exactly happy with the community that was in Philadelphia. So I started to look for a, a second location and a friend of mine I've known for years, ironically, but she, I, I asked her to have a vendor market during the holidays down in Philadelphia. And while she was down there and we were planning, she said, Hey, listen, I might have an opportunity. Would you be interested? And I said, yes. And it's a brand new concept. Everything from literally building the ground up as far as like a community lifestyle center where I am in Bucks County, Pennsylvania now. Um, and I was like, sure, let's do it. So I opened up a smaller shop in November of last year and I had two locations for a while my lease was up at the end of March and I decided you know what this area demographic audience fit my brand better so I said you know what I'm gonna just stop the lease and move completely up to Bucks County and I would love to say this just so there's a timestamp on here but it's when COVID hit and I had to close two Two and a half weeks early than I wanted to, so I missed the liquidation sale. But I just thank the Lord above that that was the opportunity given to me because I never would have been able to survive in Philadelphia through COVID. So it was a blessing that I didn't even know was coming. So it it really was. I mean, I say that because I've I've watched you and obviously I follow you on on Facebook and Instagram. But I agree. I feel like it was. Um, a, a good end of one chapter and beginning of another. Do you mind telling us where you said your uh, location now is within an, a building or a facility or I don't know what you would call it. Can you tell us about that place? Cause I'm, I love it. It looks amazing. 
It's so fun. And I think the concept attracted me to get, getting up there as soon as I possibly could. So it's in it's indoor shopping, which I'm definitely not used to because I had a Philadelphia Main Street location with a ton of foot traffic. So this was a little different, but it's inside with the cutest shops. There's a bakery, but there's a lot coming to the property. So we're adding a wine bar. We're adding a restaurant. We're adding like a mini Reading Terminal Market for all my Philadelphia fans listening. So it's a multi-vendor food market there. Um, townhomes are being built right behind us. And you know, some organic foot traffic always does a retail store well. And just looking to expand in the area as the area's shopping lifestyle destination. And it's the first that anyone's ever seen. And, and we're just really excited to be a part of this. And what's know? the name of it? So it's called The Square. Okay. So the property is called the square and we are part of the shops at the square. Okay. And tell me how big your space is now in the square. So right now my selling space is about 400, 450 square feet. So it's a tiny little thing. <laughs> <laughs> so is mine. I get yeah. it. Tiny, tiny, right? <laughs> yeah. And tell us a little bit about Pineapple on Main. Like, what do you sell? Who do you serve? Tell us a little bit about your customers. Yeah. So I've been spending a lot of time during this quarantine focusing on my brand because I feel like I still had some, some adaptations and some some things to just realize when it came to branding. And I focus on home, baby, and general gift items. So I want to help you make your home a comfortable place to be and a place where you wanna welcome your friends and family to create memories. And that. so home, making it a cozy space is just what I wanna help you with. So I bring in items to cater to that. When it comes to gift, I want you to enjoy the, you know, the joys of life. If there's a special occasion, wedding, home, birthday, just because I love you. I want you to come in and find that sweet little gift that'll put a smile on someone's face. And then baby, Palm Baby has my heart. I think you know this. Here um, <laughs> to 12 months of all the essentials you and you know mom and dad need to get through the first year of baby's life. So that's basically what I, what I curate in my shop. And you, that's, I'm, I'm glad you chose the word curate because that's when I think of curated stores, I think of you. Um, it's just really well done. It all flows. It's, it's, just a, it's one of those shops that you just want to go in there and you want to buy something because it's like charming and it all looks so pretty. <laughs> and I want to go back to when you talked about your first order of $500 because I, that resonates with me too. And I think we, we've joked about that in the past when you are first opening up your retail business and for anyone who's listening and you're just starting out and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, how am I going to invest in inventory? But then you do it and it's scary. And, um, and then you see that people start buying and they start shopping and then you get to buy more and then your budget increases. So don't be afraid. <laughs> it is, um, it is nerve wracking when you start, are you buying the right thing? All of that. So how, how comfortable do you feel about the buying process now? I ask that because I know, but I, I want everyone else to know. I love this question. So we did a store tour when we were designers in Philadelphia, and we went to different furniture stores and curated rooms just to get some content out there. We saw a vendor, somebody had like betting on it. So I called them and I'm like, hey, can I do you wholesale? And they're like, yeah, where are we shipping? And I said, the address. And ironically, 
a few years before that, they were in my space and I never knew. So it just like, boom. And that was the first order that we made. And you're right. Like people just started saying, oh, how beautiful. Oh, I love this. This would look so good on our couch. Oh, we need that blanket. And it literally, it just kept that fire, that passion going. Um, so we decided, so that brand actually invited us down to Atlanta to go to the, to the market, <laughs> to, to go to our first show. My business partner and I were walking around. We didn't have, we didn't have a clue as to what we were doing. We didn't know how to look, how to buy, had to ask, we nothing. We were, our palms were sweaty. We were nauseous. We were like, how do we do this? And it was literally just throwing ourselves in there and asking questions, like not being afraid to ask the questions. And there were people around us just like, buy this, buy that, buy this. And we were like, what, how do you even get to that point? So we were like, we just have to ask. So we said, how do you order? What's the quantity? What's the minimum? How does it ship? When do we pay? So when she first said you pay when you ship, we were like, well, this is heaven. <laughs> this is great. And we were running around like picking product and buying for the entire year. And it was just such an amazing learning experience. And I think about it now and I, we were so nervous and it's good to be nervous and it's good to be cautious and it's good to be in the beginning to buy like tight and light just so you can kind of you know, feel the customer and feel what they like. You don't want to go too deep in because if they don't like it, that's a costly mistake, you know? So we just kept it tight and light for the first year and really learned how to do it and really learned how to buy and budget and sell. So it's just a completely different experience now, you know, when I, I know my brands and I'm comfortable spending um, thousands, right? And so, right. but you get there, you absolutely get there. It just yeah. takes I'm going to make sure we quote you tight, keep it tight and light. <laughs> you. Yeah, you had, I mean, there is a balance. There's a balance between overbuying. You know, I've, I've made that personal mistake in my store. I actually made it last year when we were preparing for our market. Um, and it happens even after you have years of experience, you're constantly learning. The one thing that I do really like about you is I can tell you value your relationships almost more than anyone else I know um, with your vendors. That is really, yeah, you sm I, so we're on video just for those listening. Um, so you can't see her face, but there's a huge smile on her face. If ever you talk to Kathy, you, you know right away how much she values those relationships. And that's not always the case when you're buying. Sometimes you're just buying and you're doing what you need to do and you you get the order and you don't really get to know your salesperson, but Kathy genuinely appreciates those relationships. So tell me about that and how do you maintain that and what do you do to have such good relationships with your vendors? Well, first of all, you say the sweetest things to me and I really appreciate, appreciate that. Um, you know, I feel like because I was so new and because I didn't know what I was doing, I really relied on my, um, I went straight to the vendor and, you know, back then I didn't really know about sales reps either. So I went straight to the owner of the company or whoever I could get a hold of. And I just said, listen, can you help me? Can, what does your brand stand for? And, and what's the best way to buy? What are your best sellers? And how should I sell it? And how should I merchandise it? And those relationships are just so important, especially when you're new, especially when I went and I expanded because I went to the same people and said, listen, I'm expanding. Can you help me with maybe free shipping on the order or net a net 30 on the order just to help me? And if you really put in the time and, and the energy and effort into building 
like a trustworthy relationship, I feel like it'll just come back to you tenfold, you know? And, um, I, and I think you get to know the brand more. So you get to speak of the brand to your audience in such a passionate, genuine, sincere way that you're building that partnership. And so people are going to you for them and then people are going to them for you. And it's such an amazing relationship and you're both helping each other out. So, um, I mean, I've now, I've been part of helping people merchandise for brands and I'm even in visual training booklets for companies and I'm honored, but I couldn't have gotten here without them. And so I try to put all of that back um, into the brand as much as I can. So, um, it just builds trust, you know, and between you and the vendor and then your customer and you. So I, I love it. I love my, I love it. I just love my vendors so much. And I love the owners and to see like zest. I talk about them all day, every day, two women, middle school friends who have built this from a tea towel, right? Like a tea towel and to see them build their business and we get to help each other do that. It's such a wonderful thing. I mean, Big box retailers. I used to go down to corporate in Florida to help big box retail stores. And there was never this intimate connection and friendship building. So I would, I would choose this for big box all day long. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make sure we talked about that because I think it's important for the buyers and the, the store owners to know that you can have these um, special relationships, these close relationships with the vendors, even you know, even if it's through a sales rep, um, but I love that you make sure that you connect with the actual owner and you also do a lot of buying from smaller handmade businesses where you know the person. I mean, even it makes a difference in my own store. There's a particular candle line that we sell, Aroma Soy, and she's local and she just had a second baby and I know that and I can talk about that. And when I talk about her and her business and how she's grown it and she does it from home, that resonates with people. And they actually, every time I tell the story, I talk about her, they buy a candle. They feel connected then. Like they know the brand. They know we appreciate her and her talent and what she does. So I just wanted to make sure that I, I mentioned that because it, it's um, a talent for sure with you. So I, the same thing I said to April, you both joined Master Shopkeepers. Gosh, I think that was like a year and a half ago. And you've been with Master Shopkeepers since then. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that so many of you have stuck through and stayed in the group and supported each other. And there's this close relationship with so many of us. So I just want to know what made you join Master Shopkeepers at that time? I mean, hands down. It was you, obviously. Uh, I mean, just making me feel so comfortable being part of a group. Um, and then knowing I just got so much value out of savvy shopkeepers. And then when there was the master shopkeepers, I was like, I can't even imagine what that group has to offer. And I was quick to quick, very quick to join. Um, I just was looking forward to like an elevated, expanded, magnified group of savvy. Um, with a little bit more intimacy and um, pri I think privacy is a good word too um, with a smaller group. So yeah. Yeah. Great. A couple of other, of the other women I interviewed said the same thing. It, there's something to be said for privacy. I, even though I talk a lot on the podcast and I talk about my own business, I'm still fairly private and I appreciate that. Not see, not so much secretive and not so much competitive. I think most people know that that's not in my name. It's just not who I am. I'm competitive with myself for sure. 
but it's just more about, I like the smaller group and I like the intimacy. And I, I know I've said this to you before. I, I never envisioned the group being a thousand members, just smaller in scale so that we could all really connect and help each other. So if you go back this past year and a half, is there anything that stands out in terms of what's been the most helpful to you from being in Master Shopkeepers? Compassion. Compassion. Honestly, I, on the outside, I have a beautiful brand and a store that is full and I have customers and loyal fans and I am so blessed. But behind the scenes, I have a messy, messy business. I do. And I don't even mind sharing that. I have books that are out of date. I have debt. I have, you know, the business partnership that I'm still working on dissolving. There's a lot of emotional components to this and it is ugly. And Master Shopkeepers is a place where I can talk about it. I can face it. I can feel it. And there's no judgment, just a ton of help just a ton of encouragement and help. And I can't find that anywhere. And honestly, I have an amazing boyfriend who's completely invested, but sometimes he's just tired of hearing it. And I have amazing children who love and are so proud of me, but they're tired of hearing it. And I just, it's like just a, such a safe space to go and just talk and just get the support and love and encouragement, no matter what maybe bad decision somebody may have made, you know, in this journey. So. No, I love that you said that. And I really appreciate it. I agree. And even though I run the group, um, I, you were sitting here saying these things and I'm shaking my head. Like you saw it like, yes, yes, yes. To all of those things. I'm, and I also, I'm, I'm glad that you are talking about the good and the ugly because there's so many good things and we love our businesses and we love our stores, but yeah, there's a lot that goes on in the background and there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes in the background and there's a lot of learning. And the one thing that I love that you recently said, and, and I won't reveal like everything, I'll let you expand on it if you want to, but just that you decided to just go all in on cleaning up some of that stuff and that's huge because I feel like the opportunities then are endless. Like once you actually address some of those things that have been bothering you and you're hiding from, and I get it, um, once, you, once you kind of come out and you're like, okay, I'm going to address this, I'm going to fix this, it's time. And someone in the group jokes around about her granny panties. <laughs> and I won't name her, although she probably wouldn't care. But sometimes you just have to put those boss pants on and do what you need to do. And I love that you've been openly saying some of those things and you just said it here. Um, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the beginning, when you do this, you don't know everything. You're not good at everything, but you have no money, right? So if you have a choice between inventory or a bookkeeper or inventory or an accountant or inventory or marketing, you're going to pick inventory because that's your moneymaker. So you do these things on your own as best as you can, you know, in the very beginning. And I was not, I'm not good at like the money management part of my business. And I have no problem saying that. And I put things off because I was like, ah, what's the worst that can happen? Ah, I need the money so I can pay those things. So I'm going to buy inventory. And it was just this vicious cycle of like putting, dumping money back into 
the business just because I thought it would get me out of the trouble I was slowly building. Well, guess what? That'll never happen. You'll never slowly get yourself out of trouble. You got to do it like ripping off a bandaid. You just got to face it and just got to do it. So with your help and all the, um, the resources available and master shopkeepers, I was just like, you know what I can, and I will do this. And there was no excuses during shutdown quarantine because I wasn't able to be in the store. And I'm like, this is the time, this is the time. So I said a prayer and wrote some things down and I'm just like, I'm going for it. And I found somebody I really trust to help with my books. And I keep referring back to all the videos and everything that you post constantly. And I, for the first time in five years, I sat down and looked at my numbers for the first time because I had the numbers. I didn't have numbers before. And I looked at them and now I have goals, like set goals. And listen, I was doing over a million dollars in sales at my big box retail store. And so goals were just like, oh, sure, I got it. I got it. And I took that for granted, just assuming that I could do all, you know, but when it's your own money and there's your own profit and loss statement, that's a reality in your business, those goals. So I have those goals now and I have a plan to get out of debt and it's going to drain me. It's going to exhaust all my savings. And you know what? That's what I need to do to, to just be healthier. And my, my goal for 2020 was to have a healthy business financially, emotionally, physically, and that's what I'm going to do. And my only regret is not doing this sooner and not doing the things that I should have done in the beginning, following profit first, having that account, taking care of your sales tax. Cause any, for anyone listening, don't ever let that go. Don't ever take money from something and not pay that. You have to attend to the legal and lawful responsibilities and obligations of your business first and foremost. And I will include paying yourself in that responsibility. And I don't care if it's $10 a week, you pay yourself $10 a week because if you don't in the beginning, you will. And these words are coming straight out of master shopkeepers. <laughs> We're both laughing because it's the stuff I say all the time and I love it. Like I'm sitting, if you could see me on video, I'm like shaking my fist and I'm like, yes, no, it's great. I'm, and thank you, first of all, for being so vulnerable and being so honest. You could have easily come on here and said, everything is perfect and everything is great. And I know everything about shopkeeping. And I think that's why I started. Not that's not why I, it's not that I think it's why I started Savvy Shopkeeper and why I launched Master Shopkeepers is because we wear all of the hats, but no one teaches us how to wear all of the hats. And, you know, eventually the goal, yes, is to scale and to hire and to bring other team members on. But in the meantime, most of us are one woman shops or one man shops. And until we can get to that point where we can grow and scale, we do have to do it all. That's reality. We can't always hire immediately. Sometimes we can't hire until the fourth or fifth year. So in the meantime, I want to make sure that we all do this as well as possible without getting us in trouble, without you know, drowning us in debt without doing all those things. So everything you said just really resonated. I love it. Thank you for being vulnerable and honest. I really appreciate it. So with that, um, the last thing that I really want to know is like, what is your future with Pineapple on Me? Because I know there's a lot going on in the background and you're being um, secretive Sally. <laughs> I, want, I want to know or give me like a little tidbit because I know you have stuff in the works. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind sharing. I'm an open book. Um, and just also saying that no one's going to get anywhere if we don't share these hardships because we can't pretend that they don't exist. And we can't pretend that you're not going to hit 
something of speed bump, you know, in this business journey at some point, because you will, you know, so I just think it's better to talk about it and, um, and just get that out there. But as far as the future, now that I know what my financial goals are and I have, I'm cleaning, cleaning all that up, which is the best feeling in the entire world. I am expanding into a bigger space in the square. So I'm going from a 400-ish square foot space to a 1,200-ish square foot space. And I, it's just going to get me to a place where I need to be for myself, my family, and the brand, you know, and the brand itself. So I'm going to expand. I actually think it's going to happen. It's either going to happen November or the spring, and they're trying to push for November. So this might be a very quick turnaround. So I'm doing a lot of planning behind the scenes, but I just have so many plans for like expanding baby because it's just been such an amazing development in my, in my store. Palm baby is its own brand now. And I just, I love it. Um, more gift items, things like that. So I'm excited. So I'm going to have cleaner books and come January, I get to just pull reports and send them to my accountant and she gets to file what she needs to file. And I don't have to worry. And I just can't wait to get to that point. Plus I have more of my sweet home baby and gift items to sell hopefully this November. So, well, and in the end, like that's, that's your sweet spot. Like I always tell people like, find your, find your uh, zone of genius. And that comes out of, Oh gosh, I'm drawing a, a blank on the name of the book, but find your zone of genius. And that's what you should focus on in your business. And for most of us with retail stores, our zone of genius is usually what we sell or dealing with our customers or having the vision for future growth for the business. And, you know, if you can delegate the rest of that stuff and focus on what you do really well, that you're going to grow and things are going to get better. So I can't thank you enough for being here. I want to know how can every, or I want you to tell everyone, how can they follow you? Because um, your feed is definitely worth following on Instagram and Facebook and then your website too. Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple on Main. And my website is www.pineappleonmain.com. And I am super social on all of those platforms. So if anybody has any questions or whatever, I'm always on. I'm always on. And then the last thing too, is there any other final tips you've given some really good advice? Like the one thing that you did mention was um, that once COVID did hit, and although most of us, it's been a roller coaster ride and some of us have struggled a lot and, you know, some of us have flourished, it, it, it's different for everyone, but for many of us, there was extra time. And I love that you touched on that. Like, Hey, I had the time to do it. So I did it. And now it's time to move forward and look to the future. Any other tips that you give to shopkeepers? You've been doing this long enough that you can give some good advice. Is there anything else that we didn't cover? I just think one of the most important things when it comes to building is a business is to know who you are, know exactly who you're talking to. You need to know exactly who you're talking to. I mean, I'm working on that still with my Palm Home and my Palm Gift, but Palm Baby, I can tell you the age, the style of the baby, the mom, the grandmother, the aunt, like I know that customer down pat. And I think that's why I'm doing so well in that department. Um, because I know who it is that I'm talking to. Because once you know who they are, you find out where you can find them and how they can listen. And it's just, it's really going to take your business to another level. So just, I encourage everyone to take the time to answer those questions that branding mark, you know, branding specialists and marketing specialists say like, who are you talking to look like, you know, where do they shop? What do they spend? You know, what do they love? What's their lifestyle like? 
really dig deep into that. So when you get on social media and you say, Hey guys, like, you know, exactly who they are, you know? So great, great tip. And just on that, um, there is a customer avatar workbook in the learning lab. So for anyone listening, if you're a subscriber, it's in there. And I say that too. I, I hope I, I feel like I address that in the lesson, <clears throat> excuse me, is <laughs> of course it's the end and now I'm choking. Um, is that sometimes you have multiple customers and just like you, if you have gift home and baby, you need to know exactly who all of those customers are. So it's a great point. Do that workbook. If you're a subscriber, grab it. If you're in master shopkeepers, I've never seen it. Let me know. I'll point you to the right direction. Um, but Kathy, thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. I loved all of these interviews. This wraps up our interview series and I really appreciate you. I appreciate you being with me throughout this journey because you've also seen me grow and I share a lot in Master Shopkeepers about my own learning experiences and I appreciate that everyone humors me and all my craziness. <laughs> oh, this is all fantastic and I don't think that I would be able to have my business where it is today without the group and I mean that from the bottom of my heart and the other people in Master Shopkeepers are just so fun and and wise and knowledgeable and experienced. And I think everybody helps each other and it's just fabulous. So thank you. Thank you for all the time. And oh uh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. I will see you in the group. Sounds good. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side. If you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.